The Start. On Demand. On Demand. You changed my life. That was the message from a Vancouver Connects team staff member after he tweeted on the weekend about a fan who urged him to have a mole on the back of his neck looked at for possible cancer. On today's edition of The Start, we'll share more on that heartwarming story, plus visit with a dermatologist, a specialist, on his advice for people concerned about skin cancer and the app his team developed to help better get you on the right path. We're also talking your favorite TV show theme songs after the passing of the late, great Betty White. And as the province gets set to announce its plans on a return to school for 2022, we'll speak to a local teacher about his thoughts on in-class and remote learning. And of course, we have to visit with Bob Irving. That's all coming up on today's January 4th edition of The Start. And a happy new year to all our listeners as we kick off 2022. I wonder how long it's going to be before I remember that it's actually 2022 and stop saying 2021. Brett is off today. Loren McNabb here from my home studio, which is a TV table, Greg. But a happy new year's to you or at this stage, do I say belated new year's? Like, is it a whole season? I think it's a whole season. I think you can do the happy new year thing straight through until about the 14th or 15th of the (laughs) month without having to qualify it with a belated. I think it's understood that it's belated at this point in time. Obviously, some bizarre holidays and the way things lined up with weekends. And so we had the extra day off yesterday. And I know over Christmas uh, with our extra days off, On the 27th and the 28th, many of our loyal listeners were wondering, where the heck are you guys? Well, we're back, and it's great to be back, Loren, and a happy new year to you as well. Um, I went out for my tea this morning. It isn't quite as cold as it's been over the last week or so, so finally we're out of that uh, dreadfully cold stuff, but maybe a little bit more on the offing as well, and and, uh, lots of questions around... uh, (sighs) 365 days ago we were talking about it we continue to talk about COVID-19. I I had just said you know yeah it is 2022 and I'm going to try my best to not make it feel like it's 2021 or even 2020 because in some respects so many things like they really have that deja vu feeling Greg and so you know I'm at home you're at home as I said Brett will be back tomorrow and there's so many conversations about you know are you have you been sent back home from your workplace due to a rise in Omicron what's your workplace saying to you about the new isolation rules you know if you test positive and now if you go five days you can go back to work how are what are the questions in your mind about what we need to be watching for and then of course I think the big one for many Manitobans this morning and has been for days now is remote learning as Skylar was just saying at the top of the clock there Ontario kids will start remote learning tomorrow it was just a few days ago that their health officials said no no we'll we'll go back to school we'll just delay it a couple days and all of a sudden yesterday they decided we're going back to remote learning and Manitoba's teacher society Greg has said they'd like to see schools do the same thing for a couple weeks so I'm curious how that suggestion is sitting in your home You know, we're in a different situation than a lot of people. My boys can be home on their own, I think, for the most part. However, I'm working from home. Jackie's going to be working from home at least through January, so we can keep an eye on our kids. Our kids are in high school. 
Uh, I've admitted on the air and sort of maybe told tales out of school, so to speak, about one of my boys doesn't really do very well with the remote learning. He's a very social creature and he prefers to be at school. But for younger uh, kids and their parents, this is a huge issue. We, we are already seeing uh, increased absenteeism at work, on front lines, uh, workers that are critical to the economy. And so, and those people are out with COVID-19 or COVID-19-like symptoms and dealing with those illnesses and are not allowed to come to work. And then you throw into people having to be home in order to watch their kids and to to help along with at-home instruction. That's going to be a huge challenge, not only for those individuals, for those parents, for those kids, but the economy overall they're in. I think it's really easy to say, you know, sitting from my position here that it it's fine, I can handle it. But even as someone who does work from home and who can, I hope, handle it if it happens, it gives me that like strain feeling in my chest about how it's going to be managed. And it's never, you know, it's never just what they say it's going to be. It's never just 10 days or 12 days or 15 days no. or, you know, it always goes longer than expected. So you have to pre- prepare for that. And this isn't like the first time around or the second time around. Lots of changes. There's different expectations depending on where you work. And so it's not as simple to say, well, we'll just do it for a couple of weeks and everybody will be fine. Not everybody has the ability to do that well for a couple of days, let alone a couple of weeks. And so after seven, we are going to speak to a local teacher to get his thoughts about what his colleagues are saying and just about even what he's hearing from students about that possibility. I remember at the start of the year, Greg, we interviewed some high school students who were in grade 12 and excited and hoping, just, you know, fingers crossed that grade 12 could be the year that it's supposed to be, you know, with all the things like concerts and dances and all the rest. And and none of it has gone normal at all, given COVID, but at least they've been in school, right? And so I'd love love to know what students are feeling and and parents as well. So send us those texts, 780-6868. We'll talk to a teacher after seven. In our next segment, we're going to get into more of the numbers. Uh, And we also want to talk, you know, as as we speak about all the things that are in flux, Greg, are you someone who does New Year's resolutions? Not really. I've committed to, <laughs> uh, stop me if you heard this one before, Loren, I've committed to being more organized in oh, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of my goals last year and I achieved that for the most part, uh, but I'm looking to take it to an entirely different level in, in 2022. Resolutions, I don't like that word necessarily because I think there's a connotation there that you know you can only start them at the beginning of the year and so we also know that that most people sort of let their resolutions drop off if they make make them, uh, you know, by the 8th of January or might even, you know, that date might have already passed for a lot of folks. So, no, I don't do resolutions, but uh, any beginning of the week or a month or a year is a good time in my mind to maybe set some new goals. And so my goal for the next little while is to... Uh, is to get more organized. And I've got a couple of things on my list that I think will go a long way in getting me there. Welcome back to The Start. You're listening to Macalina McNabb. Brett will return tomorrow and we'll get back to a more normal 2022 calendar, I think. This, of course, is, I think many of our listeners should know it, the theme song of MASH. Keith writing Happy New Year, my favorite TV theme songs are from MASH and Cheers, two of my all-time favorite shows. We'll continue that TV show theme song chat just after 6.45. Greg, I don't think anyone can hear this without knowing, but you do have to be of a certain 
vintage, should no I say. No question about it. And, uh, of course, <laughs> MASH, such a critical part of the lineup on CKND, Channel 9, Cable 12. Oh, a little cross-promotion. Leading, <laughs> leading, into, leading into, of course, the, the 10 o'clock or the 10.30 news, I don't remember which. Marjorie Sulky, I think, back in the day. And so, uh, yeah, MASH was on every night uh, in many homes in uh, across Manitoba for maybe uh, maybe several decades in in reruns. Yeah, for sure. Depending on how long, I'm gonna have to look that up. How long it went on? So we'll be chatting our favorite TV show theme songs uh, in about ten minutes time. After seven, we are going to continue the conversation about questions around remote learning. We'll speak to a local math teacher just to get his thoughts and hear what colleagues are saying, fellow teachers are saying about. Any possibility of going to remote again, just in case someone's tuning in, that decision has not been made, but we know other provinces like Ontario have made a move to two weeks of remote. And then at 7.37, Greg, just on the theme of TV shows and famous theme songs, something pretty cool with the Bombers and a TV show this weekend. Well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, of course, the champions of the Canadian Football League. Uh, Sports Illustrated, I believe, ranked them as the uh, 28th best team in the National Football League a couple of weeks ago based on their Grey Cup win. And Winnipeg has made several appearances on The Simpsons over the years. Well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, quote-unquote, team bus made an appearance uh, in this past weekend's episode of The Simpsons. So we'll talk about that and we'll talk to one of their players that has been re-signed by the football club as they look to repeat in 2022. So we're looking forward to that breakfast with the Bombers at 737. Okay, but first we have a really cool and I think it's such a heartwarming story we want to highlight now. It started off with a simple tweet over the weekend and within hours, thousands of Canadians and, and quite frankly, people right around the world were talking about the Seattle Kraken fan who may have just saved the Well, no, she did save the life of a Vancouver team member. The woman's name is Nadia Popovich, and she, and as Global's Kristen Robinson reports, Loren, it's what she spotted off ice during the game that's making headlines across the continent. But then Thatcher Demko right here. When the Seattle Kraken played their first ever home game last fall, the best save for the Canucks may have been off the ice. She's a hero, She and, and her persistence. More than two months later, the team tweeting an open letter from its assistant equipment manager, Brian Red Hamilton, hoping to find a very special person who changed his life back on October 23rd. I'm walking off the bench and she put her phone up to the glass and on the phone it said, the mole on the back of your neck is cancer. And it... It threw me off. Social media scored. The mother of future medical student Nadia Popovich identifying her daughter as the hero Kraken fan. The mole just kind of caught my eye and I immediately noticed that it had all the hallmarks of uh, melanoma. It was uh, had an irregular border, it was pretty large in diameter and kind of discolored. If that was my dad, I would want someone to say something. Uh, and so I, I kind of caught him in a semi-private moment. I felt bad because I felt like I didn't really give her the time of day. I did, I got scared right off the hop. Um, and I knew she, I in the back of my mind, I knew she was right. Hamilton saw a doctor who confirmed Popovich's instincts. It was malignant melanoma. The words out of the doctor's mouth were, if I ignored that for four to five years, I wouldn't be here. His cancer cured thanks to early detection. Me and my mom have been just just in tears because it's it's such 
a rare and special thing that this happens and you actually get to get some resolve. How he said he regretted kind of shrugging me off. I kind of regretted showing him my phone. Now she has no regrets about sharing her gut diagnosis. She extended my life. She she saved my life. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Such a cool story, Greg. And it was within hours of him posting that tweet on the behalf of the Vancouver Canucks saying, I'm looking for this woman that the mom came forward and said, that's my daughter. And she went to that game, of course, on Saturday night. And at that game, they went on to, you know, she's going to medical school. She's been accepted at multiple medical schools. And the Kraken and Canucks, I think it was $10,000 they put forward to Mm -hmm. a scholarship or a grant to help her out with some of her studies. And so just all the way around an amazing story. After eight, we're going to talk to a skin specialist just about that early detection right the fact that he said what was it you know if it had gone on a couple more years he he wouldn't be here well look i think this is one of the most difficult things for people a to detect themselves if you've got haven't got somebody in your life that regularly looks at your back looks at your neck you know how are you inspecting yourself for changing moles and and spots on your body that might be evolving that might be Uh, signs of cancer so I I think there's uh, going to be a great conversation there in terms of of how do we delegate that job or how do we do it ourselves because I've know I know myself a a couple of times I've had uh, moles that have been removed and had biopsies on them Uh, you you have to keep an eye on these things and and it's such a wonderful story at a time when you know there's just not a lot of good news out there so uh, great news story and glad uh, we're bringing it to light today Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. Maclean and McNabb. Brett is back tomorrow, and I bet there were millions humming this tune over the weekend as we learned of the passing of Betty White, who died at age 99 just weeks before her 100th birthday. She was known for so many great roles, uh, of course. Sue Ann Nivens in the Mary Tyler Moore show, that 1970s sitcom. And then another Emmy win for Betty White was when she played Rose on the Golden Girls uh, starting in 1995, which is, of course, where this song comes from. So we want to talk about your favorite theme songs. That song makes me happy. Am I alone on that, Greg? Every time I hear it, I don't care how old it is. Oh, no, you're not alone in that. That is um, not only one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, uh, it's a terrific song in its own right, and then you tie the two together, and they are intrinsically and forever entwined with one another. Bang on. So I want to acknowledge as we head into this segment that I'm at home, Greg's at home, Brett's normally in studio playing the clips, and so Forte is alone holding down the fort, and I phoned him yesterday and said, don't worry, I won't have you playing a lot of extra audio <laughs> or clips today. And then we decided to do theme songs, and I'm texting him every five minutes being like, play this, play that. So, Forche, I lied to you. Just a full-on <laughs> lie, and I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. I'm just trying uh, my best here. That's oh, all. you're always trying your best, and you do your best every day. So thank you, my man. Uh, just heard Skylar laughing in there, in for Jeff Braun this morning. So why don't we start with you, Skylar? Because you're, of course, of a different generation, so you're probably not necessarily thinking Golden Girls. What's the song for you? Well, uh, uh, I'll let Forge go ahead and hit this, but this uh, one is, uh, it predates me, actually, but it's just so uh, so darn addictive. Full House? 
You betcha. Yeah, it's uh, it's not one that I've watched. Like I can't say I've crushed every single episode of uh, Full House, but every, like this, Rush? this um, <laughs> anytime I hear this theme song, and I heard it last night too, and I'm I'm just walking around everywhere you look, and it was it was in my head like literally until I went to sleep. So that if if it, I wouldn't look like such a nerd, I would probably have it on my phone. Um, but there's just no way that I could, in like good conscience, I could like have this come up on my shuffle. If I was like having friends over or something, I'd just be ridiculed to no end. But yeah, this one uh, gets stuck in your head real easy, and and the theme is hilarious. Everyone just like looks at the camera and waves. I wish uh, I wish more shows still did that because that's so funny. Full House, have you seen any of those episodes, Peters? Uh, probably like a dozen. So like I can't say I'm a, a Full House connoisseur, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty good show actually for you know being a little older than me. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> is that camp? <laughs> just it's okay. It's not I like just... a great show. It's a, it's an okay show that you have like on in the background. I mean, I mean, like I've seen so many episodes just like through my life. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all right. All right. So, what's your favorite theme song, Poitras? All right, Forte. I feel bad, but hit it. Won't play. There we go. <laughs> there we go. When you came in, the air went out And every shadow I don't know what I'm hearing uh, This is uh, from True Blood, uh, which was an HBO show Goodness, back when I was like in high school Like uh, probably the late, uh, what do we call them, the 2010s? Or the, or the, tw- the 2000 year? What are, we, what are we referring to them as? Like, I'd say like 2008 or something like that And uh, yeah, this is the theme song to... True Blood, which was one of my favorite shows back then. We actually had a, we had a, we had a dog for a while, and we named after the main character of the show, Sookie Stackhouse. We had a little dog named Sookie. So, um, yeah, yeah, this is a, a fantastic song. Got out is of, this I'm the a zombie myself, show? So. What is True Blood? I'm sorry. Uh, it was even... like a vampire, werewolf, right. like that sort of fairy, mm. that sort of show. It was, it was good. It was a great show. It was a really good show. <laughs> I have to Google everyone's shows as we keep going. I think I have to do the same with what Greg's pick is going to be. Mackling, your favorite theme song or one of your favorite. No, no, this is my favorite. In fact, it was a top 10 hit in the U.S. and Canada back in 1975. Mr. Forche? This is Jim Rockford. At the tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you. Mike Close, Pete Carpenter's special, The Rockford Files, from, like I say, back in 1975. Uh, James Garner driving his Trans Am, living on the beach in his beat-up old trailer. It was a great uh, P.I. show from from the mid-70s, and uh, there's something special about that about that theme song. Uh, let's just listen to just a few more seconds of it. It's a gooder, my favorite, Volta. What I think is so interesting now about new TV shows is like the theme song and the effort that some do or don't put into the song and how some of the don't. Sometimes it's just an eight second bit, and then other shows have these like two and a half minute song and openings that just go on forever. Like I'm so thankful now you've got that skip the intro option on half these shows because it takes forever to go. Okay, for for Jay, uh, I'm gonna go with my pick next just because I want to. 
I want to let listeners know that ever since I got a dog, this song runs through my head every single day. Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. A little snowboard. You, you know it. You're too young to know this. Oh, I know oh, everything. Yeah, we know this. Do you really? Yes. It was an oh. episode of Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, that's why, that's why I know it too. <laughs> <laughs> of course, You're it has Canadian. nothing to do. You didn't watch yeah. the Canadian television series Littlest Hobo. You just saw it mentioned in another series. But You're I don't correct. know. Well, there's something about having a dog now while he walks and you always want to know what he's thinking. Like, and I just feel like he's like, maybe tomorrow I want to settle down. Like, I think this sort of got, I think they nailed it. They got into the mind of a dog with this song. And that's all I have to say about that. So, Forche, because I threw you under the bus here, I'm guessing you did not pick a song for your favorite theme. Oh, no, I, I, I picked oh. one. I, I don't know if it's my favorite, though. Like, I was okay. going through themes, and I was like, oh, I haven't heard this in forever. And so, uh, it's, a, it's a little obscure. Anyways, it's uh, Tales from the Crypt. Ooh, great show. Which, uh, the theme song is really catchy. It's uh, by the composer Danny Elfman, who's one of my favorite composers, especially when it comes to theme songs. Uh, TV themes are especially movie themes. You don't really recognize how many scores he has behind his belt, but uh, yeah, this one just brought he me back to time. He did lots of Tim Burton. I definitely did. I know for a fact he did um, uh, Batman's theme song from 89. Yeah, well, he's, he's done Spider-Man. He's done, there's tons, there's tons that he's done. Jeff Braun's not here. I will throw in uh, the Magnum P.I. theme, also from Mike Post and Pete Carpenter. I know that uh, Braun would be bringing that to the table this morning. Any, any chance he gets to talk about Magnum P.I. and Hawaii and everything <laughs> associated, he'd bring that into the conversation. So if we could hear some of that at some point this morning, Forte, that would be all awesome also. Yeah, let's let's put more on Forte's plate today. More theme songs. Keep your text coming, 780-6868. We've already had a bunch for MASH. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Dwayne, who mentioned that it was on at 10, and my parents would go to bed and allow my girlfriend and myself to watch it alone. He says it was our time to spoon. A very happy time. So, yes, TV shows bringing on all sorts of good memories. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. This is the theme song from the Dukes of Hazard. I have to be honest, we've been asking our listeners for their favorite theme song this morning, of course, in honor of the passing of the late great Betty White and the Golden Girls and the different songs that take you back in time. I felt like this song was faster. Is it just because the car was driving fast in the intro or they were jumping through the window or what? Uh, you know what? This is by Waylon Jennings, if uh, my memory is serving me correctly. And maybe there's a little bit of a different version. Maybe it was faster during the uh, TV show. But, you know, it's like when you go back to your childhood home, Loren. Uh, your bedroom is always smaller than you yeah. remember it. Yeah. No, the first so, time I remember, I remember coming into Winnipeg the very first time as a kid, or my first memory of coming to Winnipeg and thinking like, "Oh my, these buildings are something." And then a couple of years later, you're like, eh, "You know, it's all relative, right?" Uh, the Dukes of Hazard. That was uh, one of my brother Chris's favorite shows. He was sort of obsessed with the Duke Boys back in the day. The 
the general yeehaw, as we used to call it in our house. We've got a couple of votes for the Dukes of Hazard, more for Dallas, Smash, Friends. We're going to try to play some of those tunes as we make our way through this morning. Happy New Year to everyone. Macklean and McNabb in this morning. Brett will return tomorrow after 7.37. We're going to talk to one of the newest signings of the Blue Bombers. And speaking of TV shows, the Bombers were on sort of the Simpsons this weekend. So we'll get more into that at 7.37. And then at 7.45, we're going to chat, not necessarily New Year's resolutions, but the idea of maybe setting goals. And should we stop calling them resolutions, but just get into the idea of, of goal setting? So we'll talk about that with a local psychologist after 7.45. But first, Greg, we do want to talk about the return to school, because depending on where you live in Canada, that post-holiday return to school is looking very different for some. Yeah, that's right. Quebec is keeping kids home until the 17th, Loren, while Ontario just announced yesterday students won't be going back to school tomorrow as planned. Instead, they will begin two weeks of remote learning. The union representing teachers in this province would like Manitoba to take similar steps. But to date, all health officials have said is that the goal is to keep students in school. Will Penner is a Winnipeg math teacher, good friend of the start, and like thousands of students in this province, has been through different rounds of remote learning over the past two years. Good morning, Will. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Doing not too badly. So when you hear the term remote, what goes through your head? (laughs) Here we go again. That's what goes through my head. Um... I don't even know what to, to think at this point. Um, I know that I've said this before on the show that, uh, you know, teachers are set. Students have gone through this. Parents have gone through this. It's just when are we going to know if we're going to go through this again? I think that's the big question right now. So we had the Teacher Society on Friday call on the province to go to remote for a couple of weeks. Will, we don't know if that's going to happen or if there's even, you know, a reason to as far as some of the the science is concerned. But what are you hearing from teachers before the break? I I know this was already part of the conversation. What will the Christmas holiday break bring us? What are some of your colleagues and friends saying now or or even some of the students in, in terms of what they're thinking? Because, yeah, it's doable, but it's certainly not the loved option, I don't think. No, it's not the loved option for anyone. I mean, um, you know, I I think one of the things that I have to step away from is social media because there's so many different things that we're reading, so many different um, ideologies about going back and and what teachers are worth and what students are worth and what parents are going to go through. And talking to colleagues, it's it's just more that wonder of of what is going to happen. It's uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, we haven't heard anything yet. We know that we, as as uh, education staff, are going back to school on Thursday. Uh, we have some professional development planned, and after that, we don't know even know what Friday brings, right? So, are we setting up our classrooms uh, for for a, just a greater distance among students? So, is it going to go back to a two meter distancing, um, or are we just going to forge ahead? And and is it going to be? as it is now with one meter distancing, or are we going to be planning for remote learning? We don't know. Let's pretend they announce remote learning for a couple of weeks, Will. Are, are you prepared? And how many days do you need to get that ready? And and did you send, uh, you know, at least in your classroom, do, do your students have what they need at home in order to accomplish what you would like them to accomplish over a week, over two weeks? Yeah, I think, well, students are, are prepared in terms of knowing the system that we're going to be using. So, we're, I mean, we use Microsoft Teams, and that's going to be at the forefront, and, and they all have, uh, you know, 
uh, experience with it for sure, but also um, they, uh, for the most part, all have a um, a laptop or a tablet of some sort, so they can they can access Teams. Um, as a teacher, yeah, you know you're you're trying to create a um, a positive in 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 your FaceTime with these students. Again, I, I don't know how other divisions are, how other teachers are. Um, a lot of students don't want to be on camera. You're missing that interaction with them, seeing them face to face. So you're talking to black screens with names on them. Um, it's not easy. Um, trying to engage 25 to 30 students in a classroom is a lot. I'm not going to say easier, but you're there. You're walking around. You're allowed to ask them questions individually, talk to them in groups, whatever it might be. On a computer, it's it's tough. It's really tough. And, um, I mean, we, we hope for the best, but I, I if there is a break, um, I hope it's for the minimum amount of time that we need to to stop the spread of um, of COVID of what's happening in the city and province. Less than thirty seconds here, Will. So I'm apologies for that. But you know, we talk about learning loss all the time over the summer, right? And so in that first wave, we had two months with no school, and then a whole summer off, and the the concern about getting the kids back into it. Do you see learning loss after a holiday break, regardless of whether there's a few extra days thrown in there or remote learning? Like, what's the concern there with just even having two to three weeks off? Yeah, no, I don't think. I mean, I don't see learning loss. I think it's just. I mean. You're, you're out of school for, for two weeks, three weeks, even in the summer, two months, spring break again, it's a, it's a week. Um, I think it's just getting back into the routine of going to school, um, you know, the things that, you're, that you were learning that you're, it's just a quick review. I, I would say there isn't quite learning loss after two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Even in the summer, it's, it's more just getting back into the swing of things and, and reviewing the things that you, that you were taught and, and generally seeing there's, there's no real huge issues. Well, that's a good thing to hear, at least, because I know that's so so much part of the question for parents, you know, of weeks here, months there. You, you wonder if it's all going to add up at some point. Will, thank you for the time. No problem. Take care, everybody. waiting for something to kick in here. I feel like this gets better. John Palmer, <laughs> Miami Vice. Maclean and McNabb in for this Tuesday morning. Brett is back tomorrow morning and we'll be back to normal, I think, staffing-wise at some point this week. Uh, that didn't kick in the way I remembered it. We're talking, of course, your favorite TV show theme songs. One of our listeners, actually a few of our listeners, Weighing in with this one, Miami Vice. I feel like my expectations for this were higher, Greg. Well, we've discussed the fact that sometimes the things, the way we build them up in our memory <laughs> aren't exactly as they just were. Feels so like it just... Sometimes they're just left better back in time. But uh, we are walking down memory lane this morning. Thanks to you, 204-780-6868, WKRP and Cincinnati, Magnum, P.I., MASH, all sorts of great, great suggestions. We'll get to as many of them as we can, but we have a very important conversation to have to start this hour, Loren. Yeah, and of course, it starts with the phrase, 
you changed my life. That was the message from a Vancouver Canucks team member after he tweeted over the weekend about a fan who actually urged him, a complete stranger, to have a mole on the back of his neck looked at for possible cancer. So Brian Red Hamilton is the Canucks assistant equipment manager, and he says during a game two months ago, a Seattle Kraken fan, Kraken fan that was behind the bench tapped on the glass to show Hamilton a message on her phone, and it read, the mole on the back of your neck is cancer. So Hamilton says initially that message really threw him off, but he did eventually have it looked at, and sure enough, Greg, it was malignant. Yeah, and doctors have in fact told him that early detection was a game changer for him. And after turning to social media over the weekend to find the woman who saved his life, Hamilton and fan Nadia Popovici connected to share a hug over the weekend. It's a beautiful story and one that leaves many lessons for the rest of us. We're joined now by Dr. Colin Hong, a plastic surgeon and chief medical officer at Skinopathy. Good morning, Dr. Hong. Good morning. This is a cautionary tale, I think, for many of us. How often do you see patients with questionable moles or a patch of skin that has been left too long? As a a plastic surgeon, I see this very often, especially during the pandemic. Um, As you know, uh, it's sometimes difficult to get to see a doctor during the pandemic uh, face-to-face. And I urge people to really look at the body and if they see something change on the on the surface of the skin they should really uh, seek medical help what kind of change are you talking about like what specifically can i be looking for because i know i remember years ago learning you know the seven warning signs and the obvious change in a wart or more mole was one of them but sometimes it might not feel obvious so what should i be looking for well, so basically, if you have something on the surface of the skin that doesn't heal or is growing fast, uh, uh, changing color, changing border, etc., all these things are warning signs. Um, uh, also, the, being the uh, medical director of Skinopathy, we actually have a app that allows you to take pictures on your smartphone and the app. Uh, will send the pictures to the to our AI engines and warn you whether you should have something look at uh, as soon as uh, as you can, or whether this is something that uh, probably a benign and you can wait to see your family doctor. Where would we get that again, Doctor Han? Please. So, uh, um, I and a bunch of physicians in Toronto and a lot of AI scientists. And uh, IT people, we have come up with an app called Skinopathy. Um, and you can actually find this on the Android or the Apple Store. And if you download that app, it's completely free. You could actually take pictures of skin lesions or uh, skin changes and submit your pictures to the app. The app using the AI engine. Uh, will look at the, the uh, uh, image and compare that with our database and uh, be, uh, tell you whether um, this is something that you should go see your family doctor right away or you can just uh, um, you know uh, speak to your family doctor at your next visit. The website, again, is skinopathy.com. The app is Skinopathy. It has that detection method so you can 
see if it's something you should be worried about. But you mentioned, Dr. Hong, just the challenge of going to see your doctor right now in the pandemic. And I'm curious, what is the window for detection? You know, what if I notice some change, is it weeks? Is it months? Is it years? How does it work in terms of that early detection? Well, basically, uh, the four, three most common skin cancer are basal cell cancer, squamous cell cancer, and melanoma. And Basal cell and uh, and uh, squamous cell can do a lot of local uh, uh, damage, disruptions, disfigurement. Uh, and if we leave it way too long, um, people can pass away with it, especially squamous cell. But the most scary lesion is the melanoma. This is the skin lesion that can actually spread. And once it spreads, it's really difficult to treat. Um, so if you have any lesions that have changed in color, especially when it's darker in color. Um, it's something that, that you should really look at. Dr. Hong, uh, just a, a minute or so here. For many of us, the last uh, almost two years now has, has meant more isolation, less contact with people in our lives, and not everybody has someone that might be able to look at our back, to look at our neck and different areas on our body where these lesions may present themselves. Have you got any... Uh, advice on on how we can overcome the the fact that we might not have that second set of eyes available to us. Actually, um, you you just hit the nail right on. This is something that actually is very dear to my heart. And that's why um, in the beginning of of the pandemic, I talked to a bunch of my friends who are uh, in IT, who are in AI, and we decided that we will work on and I can happy to say that we actually have come up with the app that can allow people to look at these lesions with the help of your cell phone and the help of our AI system be able to tell you whether it's something that you really should look at um, immediately and call your family doctor. And and if you sometimes, if you can't find a family doctor, uh, uh, the app will uh, get you an appointment with one of our doctors virtually. Uh, so in Winnipeg, we have two uh, surgeons who is joined our network. They are Dr. Manfred Seisman and Dr. Ken Dolanchuk. Um, and um, so if you, uh, for people in Winnipeg, if they um, see something that they, they are concerned, they can certainly use the app, look at the lesions, uh, and try to consult the family doctor well now. Dr. Colin Hong, a plastic surgeon and chief medical officer at Skinopathy. Thank you for the time, Dr. Hong. Thank you. So the app, you can search it by Skinopathy. You can also go skinopathy.com, a really cool app. Greg, I was saying to you and Brett in a text chat, you know, I'm looking to get to a specialist for to take a look at this very thing in six months down the road. So you might want to speed that up depending on where you are at with uh, any condition. I've already put it on my phone, Loren. I think this is an important message. I appreciate you reaching out to Dr. Hong and for Dr. Hong making time for us today uh, when this is in front of uh, front of mind for so many of us after this wonderful story out of Vancouver and Seattle over the weekend. Greg McAleen, 
Loren McNabb in for this Tuesday morning. Brett will be back at the helm tomorrow. A big shout out to technical producer Jeffrey Forche, who is all alone in studio. And we're getting him to play all sorts of different clips. Is this fame? It is. Irene Cara, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. We're asking listeners your favorite TV show theme songs. Of course, Betty White passed away Friday. Golden Girls in the Minds of Many. And uh, Greg, a listener texted in about this one. About fame. Yes. About fame. Yeah. Looking for a little please play fame. Uh, We're going way back. What years did fame? Oh, my goodness. Now you're really testing me. I would have to look it up. 1982. I just... 1982. I feel like I must have seen this on reruns and maybe not originally, but I guess oh, it could have been around man. for it. It was actually a really good uh, show that the, the kids that were probably 23, 24, 25 in real life uh, playing these uh, teenagers that were in the School of Performing Arts that were so talented and the trials and tribulations. I think the, the main, one of the main characters was, was it Coco? And uh, she was my favorite. I'm just trying to remember all the different uh, characters in that program. That goes, boy, I was nine years old. And I, I, yeah, I'm surprised I remember as much as I do about that show. It was, it was a tremendous show. I'm surprised that it hasn't been, well, I'm going to say it's probably been remade. I just never saw it. Yeah, I don't know. Keep those texts coming, though. 780-6868, your favorite TV show theme songs. And, of course, you remember half the characters, Greg. You've got a photographic memory, as does our next guest, or at least in my mind, you both, too. (laughs) We're going to bring him on in a second. But keep your feedback coming, too, about the possibility of returning to school. Let us know what you're thinking. Do you want your kids to go back? Are you thinking they should go remote? Are you worried about them going remote? Ontario, of course, yesterday just moved kids to remote learning for two weeks. That's to start tomorrow, go until January 17th. Of course, all sorts of questions and concerns about that. Will it be just two weeks? Will it be longer? Why is it happening again? Let us know what you think. 780-6868. In the meantime... It might be Tuesday, but it's our Monday, which means Bob Irving joins us to talk sports at this hour. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, you guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Same to you. We've been talking, or sorry, we've been rather avoiding the word resolutions this morning and using the word goal instead. Do you have any goals for 2022? Oh, nothing specific, Loren. Uh, You know, I'll just try to continue enjoying a healthy and happy life and, uh, you know, try to lead as healthy a life as possible. I think when you get to my stage uh, in life and my age, you think about uh, hanging on as long as you can to some degree. (laughs) So you got to look after yourself a little bit. But beyond that, uh, I'm just looking forward to a good year and a better year for everybody and for this COVID at some point to leave us in its wake because we've had quite enough of it, haven't we? Yeah, I would say it's time to move on. Did, did you did you say hanging on, yeah, Bob? Yeah, dramatic, Bob. <laughs> yeah, that was Come a little now. I shouldn't have said that. Can I take that back? It's the beauty of radio, right? You, when you say something, you can't take it back. It's out there. No, I'm not hanging on. I'm, I'm enjoying life to the fullest. <laughs> we love that. So the goal for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Bob, would be to sign as many players from the back-to-back championship seasons as is possible. There is a salary cap to keep in mind and to to follow and adhere to. Do Bomber fans need to be prepared for a big-name player or two to play elsewhere in 2022? I would say so, Greg. I don't know how they can keep them all. Uh, You know, I think that's the reality of the salary cap world we live in, not just in the CFL but in other sports as well. But we're talking about the Blue Bombers here, and they've won back-to-back cups. They had, 
you know, a zillion all-stars in 2021, all the players, virtually all the players are going to ask for more money and you can't fault them for that. You know, their careers are relatively short and you got to make hay while the sun shines, as they say. So I know that Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters have prioritized players they want to get re-signed and you can start with Zach Kolaris and Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat and Adam Big Hill and go down the list. It's a long list, too, and I know they got Nick Hallett redone, and people would say, well, that's not a big deal. What it is, he's an outstanding young Canadian player, uh, you know, who's a, become a special teams ace, so that was a, a good start, but it's the big names that everybody's waiting for. But, yeah, Greg, I don't know how they can keep them all. I really don't. If they can, man, oh, man, that will be uh, that will take some creative work with the old salary cap. So we talk often, Bob, I think, about the idea that uh, we look to the U.S. for different players and free agencies. That's a huge part. To, you know, could the Blue Bombers be eyeing players on other rosters? We talked about the long list you presented of the players we have and we want to keep. But what about other teams we might, we might want to go looking at? Well, they will for sure, depending on their success, Loren, of re-signing their own players. That will be step number one, is trying to get as many of their own players back as they can. But if they happen to lose a a big-name guy in a certain position, they will look at what's available on the free agent market for sure. Uh, the other thing is with the salary cap, you've got to sort of work some rookies in there too because the rookies receive a much smaller salary than the proven veterans. And again, if you're going to stay under the cap, uh, you know, you're going to have to have some young players in there. So it's it's a real balancing act. It's a real challenge. But I would say all options are on the table. And one of the players you talked about the NFL or in, Drew Desjardins, who's an offensive lineman for the Bombers, and again, the fans wouldn't be as familiar with him as they would be with Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick and uh, Pat Newfeld, etc. But Desjardins is a—he's a bright, talented young Canadian player. Another tribute to the great drafting the Bombers have done, and he's getting NFL workouts. He's a—he's a hard-nosed, bit of a nasty edge to the way he plays. He's a, an outstanding athlete. And boy, oh boy, the Bombers would love to keep him around forever. But, uh, you know, I don't know if they can keep him and, again, sign all the rest of the players they would like. But uh, he's one guy who I think would surprise some of the fans that with the NFL interest he's getting. But there's a, just a ton of upside to young Mr. Desjardins. All right, let's shift gears and uh, move to the uh, NHL and to the Winnipeg Jets, Bob. Jets finally got back on the ice Sunday afternoon in Vegas, 5-4 overtime win. It was a roller coaster ride. It wasn't pretty, but it was a lot of fun, I would say. They mm. fell behind 2 nothing. They go ahead 4-2. They end up in OT. But I want to talk about Kyle Connor. Scored his 150th goal of his career. His goal Sunday was his 28th game-winning goal of his career. And our friend Ken Weeb wrote an article published on sportsnet.ca about Connor, the key word underrated. I don't think that's an outside Winnipeg thing either. I think Connor is at the very least underappreciated among some Jets fans. Fair to say? Well, yeah, that feeling I think Greg has been prevalent for the last couple of seasons, you know, and all he does is score more than 30 goals every year. He's on pace to score 40 or more this year. Uh, and I'm not sure that uh, people realize just what a great star that we have in our midst. I'm sure a lot of the fans do. But, you know, we have a team that has Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler and the goalie Connor Hellebuck and, you know, these guys that we talk so much about. But Kyle Connor deserves as much exposure and credit as any of them. I think Kenny Weeb has hit the nail on the head, certainly outside of the Winnipeg market. 
of course, players from Winnipeg wouldn't get the notoriety simply because of where they play that some others would. But yeah, he's right there with with the top players in the game. I'm looking at the NHL scoring leaders right now, and he's you know he's in the top 15, which might not sound like a big deal, but it is. And he's played fewer games than some of the other players. So 19 goals in 31 games, as they say, on pace for 40 or more. And when they played that overtime session in Las Vegas on Sunday, when he's out there, it's got to be scary for the other team because of his speed and his tremendous shot. And he, of course, scored the winning goal. So, yeah, I don't know that he does get the credit he deserves, certainly nationwide or even in Winnipeg. But uh, those in the know know how good Mr. Connor is. I don't know if you saw this live, Bob, or like me, maybe you watched it on social media later, but Antonio Brown of Tampa Bay basically quitting on the field saying he's done. Might be reminiscent for some of Patrick Waugh when he did it uh, in net for the Canadians, but what did he, what do you make of his, well, some of it, some people are calling it a meltdown and other people are saying, hang on, there, there's mental health issues at play here. Did you see it happen, first of all? Oh, yeah, I saw it, and I followed up, Loren, with the stories after it. Antonio Brown, wide receiver, Tampa Bay Bucks, the fourth team he's been with the NFL. He's had a troubled career. Uh, he's been released by the three teams. Pittsburgh had a great run in Pittsburgh, then the Raiders, the New England Patriots. Uh, Tampa Bay decided to take a chance on him. He's been in trouble with the law. He's uh, been suspended. His behavior has been erratic in the last number of years. So what he did on Sunday was just, uh, you know, almost unbelievable to take his jersey off, strip down to his bare chest, and then wave at the fans, throw his jersey into the crowd, and leave during the course of a game when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his team, were, you know, making a comeback and winning a game. It was just, uh, you know, he's either an incurable jerk or he's a very troubled individual, and nobody's quite sure which one it is. Uh, but it was one of the strangest things you, you'll ever see, and it's too bad because he's a very, very talented guy who's really kind of ruining his, uh, you know, the great career that he's had. And I don't know what the answer is. You know, he does need help for sure, uh, but perhaps he's beyond help. I don't know. But he, it was a bizarre thing, and uh, I don't know that any team will give him another chance. He's 33 years old now, obviously still a good player, and. Losing him hurts the Tampa Bay Bucks in their effort to win another Super Bowl because they've already got some injuries to deal with. So I don't know where this story ends, but right now it doesn't look too good for Antonio Brown. Yeah, and Tom Brady uh, was instrumental uh, by all accounts or many accounts in getting uh, Brown a shot in Tampa Bay, and and Brady sort of was one of the first to jump to his defense and, and say – just about everything you said there, Bob. Hopefully he gets the, the help that he needs. I think it's possible he could be a jerk and need some help both at the same time. Uh, but, you know, this is uh, something that that uh, is on the radar. And hopefully, like you say, Brown gets the help that he needs. Uh, Bob, thanks for doing this on, on a Tuesday, a pseudo-Monday, if you like. <laughs> no problem. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day to be talking about sports. Uh, I'm just a dude who loves talking about sports and uh, any time is a good time for me. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. 
and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.